First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. And welcome back to the Two Beers Podcast, pod of the everyman. We are you, you are us. Made that up last week. Drew thought I stole it. Forget Drew. Actually, don't forget Drew. Jordan here, the utility man, the hustler, with my boy Drew. The the talent, the mouth. Drew, what's up, bro? What's going on, broham? Brohemian Rhapsody, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Sure do. Um, you know what's funny? Every week, I forget whether we go straight to the uh, to Bruce salute or or to what's on tap. Um, but let's let's. Uh, there are no there are no rules, bro. Yeah, I know that's the beauty of it. So, um, actually, do what's on tap because I have a very special to Bruce salute for beer number one. So, alrighty, man, we're gonna kick it right off with reactions from hell of a fight last weekend between. Gilbert Burchelt and Oscar Valdez for the uh, WBC 130-pound title. What a fight. Uh, Tiafima Lopez, Cambosis, uh, purse reaction. We're going to preview the Canelo fight, if that's what we're going to call it. Uh, Sid the Kid, greatest hockey player of the modern era. 1,000 games recently. We're going to have a little story about that. Uh, we're going to touch on our new segment, the pit stop. And then we're going to roll right into some NBA All-Star talk and the parlay. On the uh, on the back half back half of the show, uh we're gonna have some reaction to uh, some uh, some of our fans and uh, We really did. Basically how they just shit on your entire movie list. That's pretty much how uh how I yeah. saw it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bring the pain on Remember the Titans, so everyone buckle up on that. And uh then we're gonna talk all things zombies in uh in anticipation of the Walking Dead's season eleven final season premiere coming up this this Sunday, pretty exciting stuff. So yes, sir. That's All what's right. on tap, bro. Now two brew salute. Everyone in positions. Three, two, one. Okay. Now hold, hold on. Oh, I caught I caught my mic with that. Oh man. Oh jeez. Another three, two, one. That's right. Double fisting. Double fisting. I am doing now. Now everyone knows the infamous thirty pack of Bush Light that, that I bought, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I did it as a uh, oh, uh, what homage to uh, to pay homage and homage whatever to uh, the Obecha guys. Um, and, and, but I'm a Miller Lite guy, so I was back on the Miller train last week. Now I have them side by side. This is, if I like Bush Light more, this is going to be a huge identity crisis. Here we go. Here's the Miller Lite. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. Okay, clear the palate. Bush Light. Son of a bitch. 
I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming it's Miller Miller time Miller for three what do we what the do bush we got? light is smoother the bush light is smoother I'll be damned is that right it is smoother oh I can't believe it bush light oh no no what am I gonna do uh, I mean, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna crush both of these beers. Is what I'm gonna do. Um, oh, that's that's all right. All right. I'm not planting the flag yet, but right now, for right now, I was I'm trying say, to plant the flag earlier. You all, yeah. That's that's just part of your identity. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say bushlight smoother for right now. But not okay. planting that flag. Anyway. All right. Oh, this is thrilling. So. Birchout Valdez. So, so we're not even gonna, we're not even gonna show any manners on the show anymore. All that's out the window. <laughs> that's what that's what we're doing. My bad. I, I was caught up in my in my own self. Um, sir, what do you have to drink? It's all right. I'm just I'm drinking this overrated uh, Trogues Nugget Nectar anyway. So, I uh, well, <laughs> that, that's that's just that's just a you problem if you think that's. I'm overrated. just I'm just kidding. It's not overrated. But yeah, I'm drinking drinking the Nugget Nectar. Uh, Tonight had a had a little little dessert, some uh, Costco vanilla cake uh, before the pod. So washing it down with this this delicious delicious beer. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, maybe a hug and a wink from the old lady. Nice. All right. Um. So you lead us off in this Birch's Birchheld Valdez. All right. Well, I called it. It wasn't going past ten rounds. That's for sure. <laughs> um. Man, what a fight! I mean, I, I we we talked it up like it was going to be a fight to remember. I I guess you would call it pretty much a one sided fight, but I still felt like it was an awesome. Like I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah. Um, so so Oscar Valdez came out came in and pulled off the upset, and I say that just because you know not that not that he was a bad fighter. This was a tune up fight for Burchell, obviously, but. He was the guy stepping up in weight. Uh, Burchelt was the knockout master. Um, he was the Valde- six or seven time defending champ, six, right? Six successful title defenses. Um, and Valdez, the last few fights, you know, with, with Eddie Rinos, um, you know, the new trainer, trying to really find that mix of being a defensive boxer and... Uh, Reynosa? You know, Me- Ren- yeah, Reynosa, sorry. His name. Um <laughs> You know, that healthy mix of knowing when to box and then when to be that, you know, that that fighter, um, you know, the Mexican warrior that we always always kind of reference. Uh, so that's why he was the underdog. Again, we talked about it last week. He, he is a accomplished fighter and a champion at, at 126. But that's where we were. Uh, you know, the fight, the fight started out the first two rounds, you know, feeling each other out. Valdez was definitely setting the pace. He was, you know, trying to, you know, set the tone and the pace of the fight and keep Burchelt off balance by throwing a lot of a lot of high velocity jabs I'll call them um yeah really you know what yeah. that, that's a good point because coming out I did not expect I expected Valdez to be more defensive coming out because that's kind of yeah. like the Reynosa style and yeah. uh I expected Burchelt to be the aggressor and it was not Burchelt was kind of like getting his feet under him and Valdez came out like you said set set the tone with that jab which was crazy because 
uh, Burchelt has a, a more of a reach. So, but yeah. Valdez was was timing and landing his jabs. And I'll tell you what, man, his his in and out movement, his side to side and weaving in and out, yeah. and like just Excellent. just resetting his stance. Excellent. It was it was Loma esque. It was and, yeah, and he kept and he really it, and it really kept. Teddy Atlas was talking about this on his podcast. It really kept Burchell off off balance. And you know when you're yeah. a punch, when you're when you're a power puncher, you know you need you need you need your you need balance. To plant your to, feet. Yeah, yeah, to to make those shots really hurt. And so he was doing a great job. So. You know, first three rounds were definitely, you know, definitely close rounds. Um, if you look at the going going into the fourth is where the action really started. And now on the judges' scorecards, going into that round, two of the judges had Burchelled up. One had him up three, three, three rounds to none. The other two rounds to one. And then the third judge had Valdez. So pretty, you know, it's a pretty even fight going across. Um, we we know, had a two-one Valdez, right? I definitely had a two one. I thought you might have had a two one Burchell, but I had yeah. Either way, we both had a two one um, yeah. for those guys. And then in the fourth round, about a minute in, uh, you know the one the one Achilles heel that it was. If I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Andre Ward Timothy Bradley breakdown of their fights um, special um, the night before, uh, Burchell's one flaw is when he goes in for to land his punches, he leaves he leaves his chin out there exposed, and. Valdez just took way advantage of it, and he snuck a powerful left left jab right to. The, I thought he hit him pretty much flush in the temple. Uh, it wasn't a left hook. Was it a hook? I, I I thought it was more just like he was just throwing that sharp jab. Like I thought it was. Sh- it was like a short hook. I thought not man, like he, not like a way from yeah. like the top rope. But man, yeah. he he hit him right on the button, as they say. Uh, and man, Burchell Burchell took a pause and then. He went back wobbly, so he didn't go down initially. But you could tell he instantly went to spaghetti legs. Uh, and spaghetti legs, yeah. For yeah. two, I don't know how he stood for almost a full two minutes to finish that round until finally, with about seventeen seconds left, Valdez finally uh, was able to to get him get him to go down. He fell he fell into the ropes. He like uh, leaned was, against the ropes. Yeah, it was debatable. Yeah, down. it was still debatable whether it should have been ruled a knockdown. But for, I mean, he couldn't even stand. I. No, it was it was no, great. He, no he legs. was yeah. He was he was hurt. Uh, Valdez went on the attack and like Bird. I thought they were gonna stop. I think we both thought they were just gonna they were gonna stop it there at some point yeah. there in the fourth yeah. round because he just he couldn't. Not that he was taking too much punishment, even though he was taking some vicious hooks to the face. But he just he he just couldn't stand. Like he was standing, well, the, but he the wasn't there. Of, the thing about the power shot that hurt him was it was like temple slash top of the head, and yeah. that's just a vulnerable area. Yeah, your it, your it, whole it equilibrium's done. It a hundred percent was an equilibrium shot. Yeah, so and for he, I mean anybody dizzy. for anybody that watched Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz won. That's what did Anthony Joshua. And Ruiz, you know, mm-hmm. Ruiz caught him right in the temple, and then he just he never recovered. Um, that's what Fury did the Wilder too. Yeah, yeah, in that second round, it was just it was a lot of whack. So. You know, so around you know, so that he gets the knockdown. Everybody, I, I think, I think me and you both. Everybody, were, everybody thinks that this thing is done. Oh, it's in the done. Next round. And man, and and Burchell escapes the fifth round and might have won the fifth round. Like, may have won the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a close round, and he it's strange. I just don't know how he was even standing. So they get through five. Round six comes out, and it's weird. There's Val Valdez, and similar to to Laura versus Warrington. Not going for the kill, like no body shots, just kind of head hunting. Um, yeah, but really you know what, just, though? 
I thought I I thought he he would have. I mean, I, I thought that was okay because what you don't want to do against someone who's that much power is put yourself in the kill zone when you know you got him uh. on the ropes. So you just you just he the thing was he was totally controlling him with the jab so like yeah don't, that's don't fair. stand there and throw and give him a shot to get back in it like, just yeah like just just, just the way just him. the way he looked on his legs though I I don't even I just don't know how much power Birdshot I mean I know you're always there's I mean, always may, the de- yeah there's always yeah, the may, danger of getting caught but I just he just I I just I couldn't even believe he was standing in the thick yeah, moving I, around I, I just think that Reynoso had the perfect plan and they were like look yeah. stick with the game plan this is working we're gonna end this guy yeah and sure um, enough yeah. yeah and so they did so we get to the we get to the the all 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 knowing and all seeing tenth tenth round of the fight uh, at that point Valdez had already knocked him down a second time still they were debating the 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 ref of, you know, I think the ref had to go to the corner twice which probably is an indication it should have been stopped yes. went to went to, went to the corner twice two different rounds after the fourth and said you got to show me something you got to show I'm me gonna, something yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop it um and so they get in the 10th round Burchell I think Burchell was maybe winning the first round and a half and then and Valdez and yeah and then Valdez kind of took over with a flurry of punches uh, and you and I were kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe Burchell should just, you know, take a knee here and just, you know, survive the last few seconds. And instead he kind of went out and, you know, kind of went headhunting on, on Valdez. And with one second left in the, in the 10th round. Well, well, let, okay. So, so let me set the scene. Well, so, let me finish it first. Hold on. Okay, let me finish okay, it. Okay. So, so he sw- Burchell with a big swing and a miss and Valdez, huge counter left, left hook. Knocks him, knocks him dead, knocks him down, like almost lifeless on the mat, and the fight gets stopped. Totally lights out. Yeah, it was very, very scary knockout. Um, yeah, but was it after the eighth or ninth round when when uh, Burchell was coming to his corner and in in Spanish he basically said like I'm fucked or something like that. It was. It said something like he said something like it's like not worth the cock or something. It was something weird. I tried to translate it. I think that was in the fifth round. I thought it was earlier. Oh, I thought it was eighth or ninth. It I, might, it may, it, maybe, it, maybe it was. There. He was, he knew yeah. he was screwed, and uh, yeah. It, so now, now tell here, the hilarious here, part about. Here's the other side of the story. Yeah. So obviously, on the parlay, we had Burchelt winning by stoppage. Yes. The the weigh in comes on um, Friday night. Wait, it was Friday night, right? Friday night. Yep. It, they both weigh one thirty. On the rehydration, the night of the fight, Valdez now weighs 140, and Burchelt weighs 146. 16 pounds in 24 hours. And and all the money is flying in on Valdez for the upset. Yeah. And I'm like, Drew, like, what do we do? This is crazy. And, and you, you were like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, dude, listen, let's, let's do Valdez for the KO – in uh round, or 11, 11 or 12 uh, and he and you're like no like i just don't see it i don't see how he's gonna do it and i'm like this is how he's gonna do it i'm like burchell exhausted himself for for uh the the dehydration for the weigh-in which the week before jojo diaz refused to do and we kind of scoffed at him so still scoffing at him for not knowing what facilities were there however in light of this maybe he made the right decision but, but back to Burchell, I'm like, dude, this is how it's going to go down. He's exa- he's going to be weak. Like, if Valdez hits him with a flurry of punches, he's, he could just wear him down over the course of uh, 10 rounds. 
and then for the TKO, the referee could stop it. Like not even he might not even have to knock him down. He might we, he might the referee might just like jump in and stop it. Yep. With with a TKO, just because if Burchelt Burchelt is just too exhausted, and and you were like, eh, whatever. So for five, I did five bucks on the eleventh round and five bucks on the twelfth round. The eleventh round would have paid three hundred and fifty, and the twelfth round would have paid four hundred bucks. And and he goes down with one. (laughs) So so he he goes down in the fourth, and we're like, holy crap! There's no way they're making it. And we're watching this fight, and we're like, holy crap! Like he. He's making it like and and but he's not looking any better. Like, come on, baby, let's get to the eleventh round. And so, like Drew said, Valdez way ahead on the cards at this point by at least two or three, with only a couple rounds to go. Probably more, yeah. Like, like yeah, uh, yeah, uh, maybe two, we, well, we two, maybe we not. Two, on, well, yeah, two knockdowns. We, well, he was definitely up. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Either, either way, he's way yeah. ahead. He's way ahead yeah. on the cards. Yeah. We're like, there's no reason to go for the kill. Maybe this whole like TKO situation happened, especially because the ref is like, "You got to show me something, or I'm stopping it." Yeah. And, and and as we're saying, I'm I'm like Drew. Drew, you called me at the beginning of the round, and I'm I like, did. I'm like, dude, Valdez just needs to take a knee. Like Valdez, like run out the clock, baby. Let's go get it to round eleven and twelve. And it looked like that was gonna happen. Sure enough, one, one second, second left in the oh. round. Talk about a bad beat. KOs him. I I was beside myself. I you really was, were. I, I I just I couldn't move for like forty. The con the combination of, of of that bad beat plus just like the way that Burchell dropped was it was all just shocking. Like like my my soul like was was worried <laughs> for Burchell. The darkness and, washed over you, bro. And every other piece of me was just extremely pissed. Yeah, I, it was, yeah, it was, it your, was, your buddy it was Alex started tweeting us like, thanks boys. 10th round, baby. 10th round. <laughs> he's like, he's like, where, where, where's the, where's the two pod Venmo? I'm going to say, or two beers pod Venmo. I'm going to send uh, you guys tip. Alex uh, from the Berg. Love that guy. Oh my God. Ugh, so, the tripod. And as far as we know, um, Burchell was fine. He went, went to the hospital. I mean, he left on a stretcher in and out. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. I mean. Yeah, he went down. Like, I mean, Leo Santa Cruz went down like a pile of bricks uh, against Tank back in October. I mean, this was way worse, and especially because he had taken so much punishment for six rounds. Um, it was bad, and and everyone was questioning the the dehydration, rehydration. They were questioning why his corner didn't stop it. Those equal. I mean, they're never. Yeah, those guys. They're they're never going to stop that fight. Those guys. Um, uh, yeah. It's just not in there. I not, agreed with them up until the point that Burchett was laying in, in a puddle of his own self, and I was like, "Oh, maybe they should yeah. have stopped it." <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I to your point, they came up with a perfect plan, and it kind of just looked like Burchett didn't really have a plan. I think Burchell I think he was so calm, cool, and collected the entire time leading up to the fight that he just thought he was just going to just go. Yeah, he always does. He was just yeah. He was, he was just going to end up. He was just going to eventually end up overpowering him. Yeah, which I mean, I think that's pretty much what eighty percent of the world thought too. That uh, yeah, you know, was yeah. favor was favoring Burchell, but yeah, you know, he found, you know, this was this was the fight. Like after the last couple fights, like I said, where he just he didn't look great. He was taking some punishment because he wasn't comfortable with the new style. This, you know, he found the perfect mix of being a defensive fighter, but also you know knowing when to be aggressive and. And off that offensive, you know, Mexican warrior. Uh, perfect time to find it. 
trainer of the year probably is already in the bag and we're only <laughs> we're only two months into 2021 yeah uh, right now. Between, so he's, he's yeah. the hottest name in boxing oh uh, right dude Jeez. between between canelo and and valdez now uh it's i mean it's you gotta go you gotta you gotta give it up to a masterful plan um maybe lara will go with him yeah, he could. Uh, listen, and hey, hats off to Valdez, uh, Oscar Valdez. Like I said, it's not. He's not. This isn't. This isn't your typical. You know, it's not like an. It's not like a Laura, right? Who's kind of like you know was just kind of a guy who got thrown into Came a fight. Out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, like Valdez. Valdez was a decorated champion and Olympian. Um, that was moving up there. So, so one thirty again. We, we, you know, we've been talking about it a lot over the last couple of fights. You know, it's exciting. The fights, these fights themselves are exciting, but just the way that they're setting up the landscape for the next year uh, makes them even more exciting now. Because top rank, the more the more of these guys in these weight divisions, the top rank gets, or any promotion, um, when you have when you control the champions, you can put together those championship fights a lot easier. So, you know, there's a lot of talk now about Valdez and Shakur Stevenson uh, being the next fight. I, I doubt that happens next, but. Uh, Man, what a ticket! That I bet that, I bet we get it in twenty twenty one. I bet we do. Maybe at the end. I I still think Shakur, I, Shakur wants it. Well, it doesn't mean Valdez wants to fight him. He he certainly he certainly didn't fight him at one twenty six when he had the chance. Um, yeah, well that's true. But we'll see what happens. Like I said, if that's if that if that one's got a live gate, I might. Go, I mean, unless it's in Texas. Anywhere kind of there's a live gate, where our boy Dan Canobio or Conobio, how do you say his name? I, I just call him CompuBox Dan. I gotta CompuBox. Yeah, we're a boy. Anywhere CompuBox. I butcher. I butcher. I, clearly, I butcher everybody's name. So, yeah, wherever he goes, we're going. We're gonna buy that guy a couple, couple of rounds. Buy him two beers. Buy him the two beers, or 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 Jack his Jack and Jack and Coke. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he he yeah he was drinking. Or rum and Coke, the whatever the hell he was drinking after. I think it was Saturday rum and night. Coke. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny, but. uh yeah, man, it was exciting. So I, I, I'm again one thirty. We were supposed to have uh, Herring Frompton uh, this weekend. Frompton hurt his hand, so now that's not going to be till the first week of April in Dubai. It would have really made it. It would have. You know, we wouldn't have had to wait that much longer to see what these next couple couple matchups were gonna uh, were gonna shake out to be. So what I would love to see, actually, I would love to see Stevenson and um, Rock 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 Rakim fight for the vacant IBF um, at 130 since that title's still vacant since Diaz had to give it up on the scale. Rakamov. Rakamov, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see those two fight for the vacant title. That way, all four, all the belts then are then controlled. Um, or three out of the four are controlled by top record. Then we can have unif... Then it's it just... it's There's more of a chance to get those fights to happen if it's unifications between Stevenson and Valdez and then Frompton and Herring if that versus if it's not like cuz cuz it's you know it's high risk high you. reward for those guys so I'm sitting here thinking why do, why do you care about Rockimov but if you just for the sake Well cuz he just I, well because he just he was fighting for the t- title and it was a draw so I I'm already I'm already assuming that he will be fighting for the vacant title next because he he didn't lose the the fight with uh, Yeah with I got you. So but that's you know it's exciting stuff and then tanks in the mix there at 130 yeah. but they're gonna, you know, he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight some yeah. uh, 110 pounder next. I got probably. you. Hey, talk about um, this Tiafima Lopez situation and and the purse, uh, right? The so purse bidding and all that. So T so Tiafimo is gonna have his first title defense here. Um, you know, since winning back in October, he's gonna fight Jorge or I guess it's George Cambosis. You know, I butcher everyone's names. Uh, Australian fighter. He's he was deemed by you know, he was pegged by the. Uh, 
the IBF is his mandatory, um, you know, it, because it's a mandatory fight, you know, top rank um, and, and Bob Arum, they just offered Tiafimo his minimum purse because he's his minimum contract fee to promote the fight. Because it's a, it's a, you know, it's a mandatory against a guy who's going to be a 30 to one underdog. So it's not a huge to do. Uh, you know, Lopez turned it down, so it went it went to purse bid, which means any promotion can bid on the fight. So today was the, it was supposed to be last week. It got delayed because of the snow. Uh, so they had it today. I was thinking the I was thinking three and a half, uh, four million was probably going to be where it would land uh, amongst like your you know your main reputable promotions like Top Rank, Matchroom with Eddie Hearn. Maybe, maybe, um, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's PBC or show, I guess PBC and Showtime are one and the same. Um, you know, maybe somebody would bid on it there and out of nowhere, Triller, the, uh, the ones who gave us, uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, they, they, they aggress. I don't know who they were bidding against, but they bid just over 6 million on the fight. So they win the the fight purse. So the way that works is Tiafimo gets 65 he gets sixty five percent of that six million, so he's gonna. So that's three point nine less. Aram, Aram, or Aram and Top Rank are still getting nine hundred grand of that fee because they 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 uh, they own his rights, so they're getting their twenty percent cut. Um, so they, it was funny. Aram made a joke. He's like, "We just made uh, you know over eight hundred thousand dollars in less than five minutes. We're okay." Um, and then Cambosis gets the other uh, the other thirty five percent. So they just, I just read, someone just tweeted out that Triller plans to hold that in May as its own card. We were making jokes that as, as Tiafimo, it seemed like he was, you know, he was getting a little, a little upset that these YouTubers and uh, Floyd Mayweather were getting more, more publicity than him over the last few months. He came out with saying how they're bad for the sport and he could have ended up having his first title defense as the undercard on, on a, on a Jake Paul, Logan Paul Triller event. Um, but it sounds like they're going to try to hold that in Miami so they can get a gate, so they can try to make some money off of this. And it's going to be in May, and it's going to ha- it's going to be its own fight. So, which makes sense because Triller's trying to make them, you know, make themselves relevant as a as a legitimate promote yeah. promotion here. So why 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 waste that uh, on you know on a and on a car? They're trying with- to be friendly with everyone too. They're like, oh, this is good because we're like we're getting Tiafimo and. We're gonna hand him back to his promoter. We're gonna promote the hell out of him and hand him back to his promoter, worth five times worth what we what we got him at, and it's good for everybody and blah blah blah. So I don't know why, but Top Rank was super pissed at Eddie Hearn and uh, Dawson and all that for uh, and match Matchroom. But what was I, I? I didn't catch why, but they. I think they were just mad because it's like you're gonna you're you know you're putting in a bid to have to to put their put their fighter on their promotion to try to, yeah, I guess it's thoughts of trying to cause trouble and cause rifts between him and the promotion, but it is what it is. Like, you know, I, you know, I, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't think top rank was wrong. Cause I, like, I, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how well that does on pay-per-view. Like, I mean, we're, we buy pretty much everything. I'm not buying that. Like maybe you will, but like, I could care less about. Oh, I probably fight. will. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. Well, I'd I'm just rather... a, I'm I'm just a little bit invested just because he beat my boy Lomachenko so debatable uh <laughs> so yeah but we'll see uh, but yeah that's what it was just the fact that it's like hey we're trying to put together the biggest heavyweight fight 
well, I guess since last year, but one of the one of the biggest heavyweight fights of all time here between Joshua and Fury, and like you know you're gonna you're gonna try to you know dick around with one of my other fighters now to get him on on your promotion. So I think that's I all gotcha. it was. But I mean, whatever. You know, good for those guys. I mean, they're gonna you know they'll you know they'll end up making Tiafimo was set to make would have made one point three. You know, just shy of one point three with what Aram offered him. Now he's gonna make you know. After they top rank gets their cut, Triple a little I. over three, yeah, a little over three million. So, um, you know, they'll get paid, and then uh, you know, hopefully, when that's out, when we're done with that, we'll get uh, T, we'll get Tiafimo against one of the you know actual contenders here, whether it's Devin Haney, whether it's a Loma rematch, or uh, you know, if Tank if Tank's gonna fight him. So that's yeah. that's all we got there. Which Lomachenko wants to fight Nakatani because um, then he becomes. I think that fight's happening, right? Uh, it has not. I mean, nothing, nothing's official, but that. I mean, they they top Nakatani's a top rank guy. Lomachenko's top rank. It's easy to make. Uh, Nakatani is the interim champion for what one of Lopez's belts, which means he's the he's he's the number one contender for one of them. So if yeah. Lomachenko were to beat him. He, he becomes beca- mandatory. He becomes the mandatory. I'm sure whichever I don't know if it might be WBO. I'm sure the WBO would automatically mandate that fight because why? Why wouldn't you? Because uh, they get their sanctioning fee, and then and then he's forced to either fight him or vacate the title. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. So that happens. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and, which leads us to. Oh, oh, well, I was going to say, and then the other the other fight we saw, uh, Adrian Broner was back. Uh, he ridiculously was awarded a decision uh, when he got outlanded by over 100 punches, which just shows how ridiculous the judging really has been the last six months in boxing. Yeah, I didn't honestly. There was two better fights before that, and I don't even remember what they were. But Broner was like the fourth best fight on. Uh, wait, it was Wallen. Wallen. Uh, oh, Wallen. Yeah, Wallen was annoying. Yeah, Wallen and uh, Bayabizel. Whoever the oh, guy, uh, Brazil the guy, versus Brazil, uh, yeah, the guy Wilder dropped oh, him his ass in, in about Brazil, sixty seconds. Then, yeah, yeah, well, I, I forget what the other fight was. The, the other fight was good. Um, I forget what it was. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, so so the fight this weekend is Canelo versus Yildirim. Um, Canelo's it, fighting again. Yeah, so he he's he's going real quick here. Um, this fight somehow somehow Yildirim is a mandatory, which he somehow quote unquote earned by by losing in a decision two years ago, and he hasn't fought since. Um, no, nobody really knows how or why this is being mandated, but basically, we kind of think that Canelo just wants to stay busy, and somehow he owes the promotion like a fight just for money purposes. Um, so. That's that's what we're thinking is going on here. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's going to be in Miami in what do they call that stadium? Land Sharks, whatever, whatever it's Hard Hard Rock. I don't know what it's called. I just call it, I just call it Miami Stadium. Yeah, whatever that's called. It's it's at the football one, right? Not the baseball one. Yeah, it's the football one. Yeah, and they're gonna have like twenty five thousand people, I think. Um, so honestly, the guy sucks. Uh, the the odd the betting odds are way 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 stacked in Canelo's favor. Yeah. Um. Honestly, we could just get right into predictions, Drew. Um. I, I'm expecting a stoppage in the first three rounds from Canelo, and at, at first I was thinking that we would have a situation where oh maybe Canelo wants to work on some things, and maybe Canelo wants wants the rounds, you know, stay busy and. and 
oh, he has he's gonna fight um uh billy joe billy saunders, joe saunders in, in may. may so pretty much he has to come out of this and almost go right into his next camp within like what like three or four weeks yeah so like he can't really afford to have like a serious cut or like anything like that so I really think he just needs to go in, make the work of this guy, and get out. And that's why I'm thinking he he's really going to press early on and just outclass this guy and do whatever he can to like to drop this guy. And I think that also would kind of um, help set up the hype for the Billy Joe Saunders fight. So um, I, I, I think he's going to get rid of this guy in three rounds or less. Yeah, well, I think I think Saunders is supposed to be in attendance. They can have a little little face off at the end of the fight. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that Canelo is going to make easy work of him. I actually, I still think. What did I say earlier? I think uh, did I say I think ninth you said round? Seventh. No, no. I think I said ninth. Okay. Maybe eighth. What, what, what were the, what was the bet? It, the, the bet was rounds one through seven, right, and then eight through twelve. Well, I think one through six and seven through. I, know. Like, I, I think like, I think I'm gonna say eighth round eighth round stoppage for Canelo. It is yeah, it's one through six and seven through twelve. Yeah, I I think he stops him in the eighth. Eighth, I'm saying three or less. I I just like you can't really afford to be in there taking punches when you got to get into your next camp. That, that's yeah, but I mean you could you could you know this could be like Calum Smith where you know Calum Smith. You know, he didn't he, – he, no, yeah. I'm just saying, Canelo didn't take a lot of punishment, but Calvin Smith also wasn't throwing at him. So it's like, you know, if the guy's not giving you the opportunity to take advantage. No. Either, way, we, either way, we both – Callum, Callum Smith was actually a ranked fighter. This guy's not. <laughs> we got – we got. well, he was a champion, not just a ranked fighter. But uh, well, Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Either way, Canelo, Canelo in a landslide. Pretty. It's awesome though that we get to see, you know, one of the – you know easily number one or number two pound for pound fight for a second time in two months. And then we're going to see him again in May. So, uh, yeah. pretty cool stuff. And we're not going to, until we're not going to get another interesting fight until God, March, maybe March 13th when, uh, Benedivis, uh, fights on showtime. Dude, and that's then, only uh, like two weeks from now. Yeah. I'm so used to having something good every weekend or even, even, even two good fights a week now. But, uh, and then our boy Better Beef on on March uh, March twentieth gets back in the ring finally. Oh, so good. yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Talk about a tank! I don't know <sighs> I don't know what his nickname is, but he is like oh he's like a tank. I don't know what he yeah he probably has one, but he's a monster. Yeah. So good stuff. What do we? Oh man, we were we were joking that we would we uh, we made the joke about boxing only being uh you know fifteen, 15 minutes. minutes. We always we always get thirty. Just a great just a great sport, man. It's interesting um, uh, to get into. Well, admittedly, I took like five minutes trying to compare beers. Which, by the way, I cr- I'm done with my Bush. And I'm onto my Miller. Look at you! Look at you, Tiger. Oh, I like the Bush better. Oh, this is sad. Sad day. Well, it's a it's a it's a good segue into the the king of hockey. Why don't you, why don't you uh, tell us about the kid? Yeah. So since our last pod, um, Crosby played his 1,000th game in the NHL with all with the Penguins. Um, which is fantastic. I obviously love the guy. Three cups here in Pittsburgh. Um, but I just wanted to tell the story of um, when I was in college out at Seton Hall in New Jersey. Um, firstly, winning the lottery because I think that that was like a reverse lottery where they started with the. That was, was the the lockout. Was that it? Was year, the right? lockout? Yep. And so the Penguins tanked because they sucked. 
And so they were trying to go, but they were doing the lottery to see who got the first pick, and everybody knew Crosby was the first pick. And it took, I think it took hours. And so our buddy uh, Casey Shea, who we've had here on the pod a couple times, said, uh, you know, it was he and I were kind of just like passing each other, like in the cafeteria to and from class. We were like, you know, kind of trying to figure out where we were. And then he came up to me in the cafeteria. He was like, dude, we got it. And I was just like, I, I, I was wearing a penguin hat at the time. I'm pretty sure. And I, I was, like, I yes. was, I was about to, oh, I guess you wouldn't have had it yet. But, uh, I was about to, I was about to say, I still remember freshman year. One of the first times we, uh, we sat down and ate and ate lunch or dinner, or whatever it was. You were wearing the Sid the Kid hat and we were going, what's, what's that all about? Yeah. And so, you know, so the, Sid's first game was on the road at the New Jersey Devils at the Continental Airlines Arena, which, fun fact, that's where you and I had our graduation, buddy, at sure uh, Seton Hall. And so um, Casey and our friend Adam, who recently started listening to the pod, um, we we were all Penguins fans, and we were like, God, we got to go to Crosby's first game. Because Seton Hall basketball played there anyway, so we were, like, very familiar with the arena and, like, wanted to get out there. And and there was just no tickets to be had. And we're just like, God, are you kidding? Like, how, where are all the tickets? Coming out of the lockout, and, and, you know, Jersey had had some success. Yeah. So we're like, man, like, we can't get tickets. This is awful. And and it wasn't – there. Were, I don't even think StubHub and – was like a thing. Nah, nah. I don't. It was. If it was, it was just recently becoming a thing. It was still really Ticketmaster. Yeah. So it was just like, where do you even like the secondary market for tickets was like, it was tough. And so it was it, the secondary market was Joe Schmo in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. So we were like, ex- we're like, do we just show up and pay like five hundred dollars a ticket? Like we're poor college kids. What do we <laughs> do? So so Casey from the top rope the day of is like. Oh my God! Ticketmaster like opened up just like a whole like couple sections of tickets. Do we get them? And I was like, Yes, we get them. <laughs> so I so we sat way almost almost the last row. It was it was the, definitely the, the last section. And I mean, we paid pretty pretty penny, like fifty seventy five bucks something like that for a hockey game. You know, coming out of a lockout. Um, and the Devils won five to one. Brodeur was great. Um. I can say that I watched Mario Lemieux and Sid the Kid skate together on the ice at the same time uh, on a power play. There was like 11 penalties or something like that. Because coming out of the lockout, they, they wanted to emphasize calling all the penalties. And like give, they wanted to emphasize scoring and speed. Um, Sid, Sid Crosby, he did have his um, first point that day. It was an assist on the power play in the third period. I think it was three or four nothing at the time. Um, the play came out of the corner. Mark Recchi, uh put it home, and um, it, we we were super pumped. Um, I Casey let me borrow his Mark Andre Fleury jersey. Adam had on, I think some kind of just generic jersey. And a shirt, Casey, maybe, maybe a jersey. Yeah, maybe something like that. Um, Casey was wearing his Lemieux jersey. Um, and Casey always talks about there was there was a Devils fan there with with this ridiculous fanny pack just like taunting <laughs> us. And jokes on you, buddy. We we got three. How many? Cups how many? I say how many? Time. How many Stanley Cups have the Devils won since then? Yeah, zero. So um, that was a legit question because I don't know. But <laughs> oh, actually, I don't know. They, <laughs> that was a legit one? question. I don't know. I have no clue. Maybe they did win one. Actually, I, I don't. I don't remember. I, I think they did, but I don't. I don't remember. 
here here nor there we we've done very well um we had a great time and um just so i i have my ticket uh i I tweeted out a picture i think from the two beers pod account and my dad holding the ticket i let my dad keep it my dad has all kinds of sports memorabilia and just my house is always chaos so it stays at my dad's house plus i moved a couple times since then so gotcha yeah fun time they can never take it away yeah well it's funny because i i've never been a hockey guy but uh because you were such a big Sid the Kid fan, and then you were so excited about it at that lunch that we uh, had that intimate moment at, I was just like, ah, you know, whatever, I'll just root for this guy. Not realizing that, like, Philly, like, that the Flyers and the Penguins are, like, bitter rivals. So, like, <laughs> and it, when I was, I, I still remember anytime I'm at work and people are like, oh, are you a hockey guy? I'm like, nah, but, you know, I, my, I, root, I, root, for, I root for Crosby just because he's awesome. My buddy's a a big fan. They all gave me this look like I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw water on you if you were burning alive. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, cool guys. It's 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 the one on skates. Let's relax. <laughs> oh, oh, good stuff. It's good stuff. Um yes, that's cool. What any what's what's going on in hockey these days? Anything cool or um so uh yeah let me br- bring up the standings real quick. Um just because there a couple a couple things just going division by division here. Um, in, in the mass mutual division, uh, the Bruins who I expected to be good, uh, are, are leading and capitals actually, I guess, just tied them tonight. Um, so it's, uh, Boston capitals, Islanders and Philly and Philly and Pittsburgh are tied for the final spot. Um, I did not expect the capitals to have a good year. I thought it would be Boston Islanders, Philly Pitt with New Jersey Devils and Rangers knocking on the door and mm-hmm. Washington, Washington being too old and too slow. But, no, Washington's good. So it's those kind of five teams uh, trying, trying to get in. Um, Florida Panthers in, in the Discover Central Division, out of nowhere, was not expecting them to, to be this good. Um, they're, they're leading that division with 28 points. Tampa Bay, Chicago, Carolina – with Columbus uh, trying to get in. I thought this division was going to be Florida. I'm sorry, it was going to be Tampa Bay, Carolina, Columbus, with maybe like Chicago, Dallas, Nashville trying to get in that last spot. But Mm -hmm. Florida, out of nowhere. The Honda West Division, Vegas is leading that division with St. Louis, the Kings, and Arizona. I expected Vegas to be leading this division with St. Louis. Uh, I expected Colorado is like a couple points out of the playoffs right now. I expected Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and then Arizona, Minnesota to be knocking on the door. I did not expect the Kings to be up there. Um, and then Scotia North uh, up in Canada. Toronto is just running roughshod over the league right now. With Edmonton is having a great year too. And then Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, I, I don't know that I expected Montreal to be good. And I did not expect Edmonton to be as good as they are. I thought it would be Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary. And maybe if Vancouver could make the leap um, with those with that young core, maybe they would they would kind of nip at the heels. Um, and uh, Carey Price is good, but every year I expect Carey Price just to, like, fade because he's getting older. And he, fade, I guess away, not, so. fade away, fade um, tr- away, fade away. Yeah, in terms of the players who are doing well, Connor McDavid's leading the league in points. He's just amazing. Um, Austin Matthews having a great year for Toronto. Patrick Kane is at 30 points. Connor McDavid has 38 points leading the league. Patrick Kane is 30. I, I didn't expect him to. Great player, I, but I didn't expect him to be amongst the top five in points. 
Um, Huberdeau for Florida, having a great year, 23 points. Two guys out of Vancouver, Brock Bozer, Quinn Hughes, um, both like in the top 15 in points, which, um, you know, he that's not their, their, their main guy in Vancouver that they, they thought would, which name escapes me right now, but um, they, uh, or maybe it was Bozer actually, uh, here nor there. Um, the thing that really, uh, tickles tickles my uh, tickles my loins is Mark Andre Fleury is pretty much the number one goalie in the league right now. Um, Who's he the goalie for? Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the top three goalies are basically Mark Andre Fleury, Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, and Grubauer for Colorado. Basically, at this point, um, and, that, and that just tickles you because he's the former goalie of the Penguins. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so Drew, the story there is last year, um, there there's a journeyman goalie Robert Lehner who did very well for them in the playoffs. So they signed into a big contract, and they like they were given Lehner all the all the ice time instead of Flurry, and um, there was like this controversy, and Flurry's agent actually took the the Golden Knights logo of a, of like a sword. And put it through the back of Mark Andre Fleury and like tweeted it out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, so everyone thought Fleury was going to get traded, and Vegas was like, "No, no, no, we're going to hold on to him." And uh, he has totally like usurped Laner as the number one, even though and they're they're paying Fleury a bunch of money and Laner a bunch of money. But Fleury, there was Pittsburgh had not you know called him up and asked to get Fleury, but they were like, "Nah, we're holding on to him." So, um, yeah, like I said, that that kind of just tickles me because I love Fleury. But anyway, that's 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 the skinny on pucks. Um, you know, we're, we'll we'll have a more in depth conversation with the boys in Nightcap. I was here I was about to I, I was about to say I I can't refute anything that you just said. But if uh, Jimmy B over at the Night Nightcap Recap uh, hears something wrong, please please let us know and correct us. Yeah, I think the thing I got wrong. I think Bozer is is the young guy over at uh at Vancouver, but I, I totally forget. Um, oh. Well, let's let's, let's yeah, I don't know. Maybe that let's, is. Let's 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 flip over to the one that well, the one the one with the balls. Um, so real quick, just to touch on the NBA. So they announced today, this is more of a grind my gears. They announced the NBA All Star reserves uh, today, or not today? Sorry, um, a couple of days ago. So in the Western Conference, we got my man Zion Williamson with his first appearance, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Pandemic P himself, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. That rounds out the West. In the East, man, what a what a collection of, of clowns we got here. We got <laughs> we got Nikola Vucevic, uh, Jason Ta- Jason Tatum, Julius Randle, who I love by the way, but it's just hilarious that he's in the All Star game now. Uh, Zach Levine. He's having a good. He's having a good year, though. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying none of these guys aren't deserving. It's just so funny when you say those West names and then you rattle off these East guys. Uh, My son Benjamin Simmons, uh, James Harden, your boy Spearmint Rhino, and uh, and then Jalen Brown rounds it out. So, um, you know, there's only what do we got? We got three, six, seven. Listen, there's 12 spots. That's the All Star roster. Obviously, only 24 guys in the league are going to make it. So unless they expand the rosters to like 50 or 60 players so that everybody's happy, 
someone's always going to get snubbed. So, of course, you know, the media and, like, LeBron and some other guys were tweeting out the other day, man, you know, Devin Booker, the most disrespected star in our league, and this, that, the other thing. It's like, you know what? If you're going to say stuff like that, like, have the balls to be like, you know what? Like, all right, Devin Booker should be in. Like, how is this guy in and not Devin Booker? Because otherwise, you're just, like, trying to show – you're just trying to put on a show, like, that you're supporting somebody. But it's like – by saying this guy should be in, somebody should be out. Because who are you taking out of the game? So, like, should Chris Paul not be in the game? Should Donovan Mitchell? I mean, I'd be more than happy to get Donovan Mitchell's ass out of there. Um, I, I just, I just, I just, that's just like, it's just fluff. Like, I hate, I hate, like, I always get on uh, the jump and Rachel Nichols for all their, like, little fluff pieces with the players and stuff. If you're going to, if you're going to have a beef about a guy not being in, like, Put your name to something. Take a take a position and be like, you know what? It's bullshit that Jalen Brown's in the All Star game. Trey Young should be in the All Star game. Like, just don't say someone's name because somebody's got to come out. If you're not willing, if you're not willing to put the other person on blast, don't be trying to rep, you know put up the other guy. Um, on that note, I am super pumped. Trey Young's not in the game because I hate that guy. He's becoming one of the most least watchable guys in the league. He's fully taken over James Harden's role of. I'm really just playing to try to trick the refs and not actually just trying to play basketball. So that's my NBA. That's my NBA take. Uh, Jazz are still killing it. They're covering like every night. Uh, Lakers four, lost lost four in a row. Life really hits you hard when you don't have your uh, top three teammate on your team uh, playing these games, and uh, Joel just keeps on processing. So that's all I got in the league right now. Fun times, fun times. So they they released their second half schedule, right? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Like they're playing a lot of games close together, so that should be. I expect a lot more guys to be resting on the oh, second so, half. So like a schedule from like nineteen ninety seven. Basically, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um. All right. Um. That's cool. So uh, another another quick hitter here. I I propose this to Drew. I. For some reason, Drew didn't want to go with uh, uh, 30 seconds on the pole. I, I think that uh, I, hit yeah. a little bit too close to home for Drew. So uh, he wanted to call. Oh, I see. Hit. I see. I see what you did there. You're making an innuendo about my about my uh, my penis. I like that. Okay. Um, particularly the 30 second part. Um, <laughs> so, so the pit stop um, is is going to be just me, just rapid fire, 60 seconds about what happened in NASCAR this week. Ready? What's it set. called? Wait. Oh, it's wait. the pit stop. I just said it's the pit oh, stop. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. The pit stop. I'm got. I'm timing you. You got 60 seconds and go. Okay. We had the Daytona Roval. It was half oval, half road course. The road course on the inside of the oval. So it was actually a very interesting race. Um, the winner ended up being Christopher Bell, who was on Joe Gibbs Racing, the number 20. Um, nobody expected him to win. I didn't even expect him to contend, but great race by him. What was funny about that was Joey Logano was in the lead for most of the race. Uh, not most of the race. Um, at the stretch, down the stretch, he had a big lead. But uh, the Penske guys, the Fords, as they got longer into the run, they lost their uh, grip on their tires. So even though he had like a three-second lead, Chris Bell, over a couple laps, was able to catch him and overtake him for the win. Top 10 in the race was Chris Bell, Logano, Hamlin, Bush, Kozlowski, who had a weird race but was able to keep getting it uh, close to the front. Harvick, Almendinger, didn't, didn't even realize he was going to race. Mike McDowell, surprised he was top 10. Ryan Priest, Alex Done. Bergman. There you go. 
12, 60 seconds. I didn't even get to say the standings for this year, but that's okay. That's good. Well, te- technically, I let, you go, I let you go one minute, 0.38 seconds, so it's okay. All right. Awesome. That was fun. There's the there's the pit stop. There's the pit stop. All right. Um, on to the parlay. Let's um, do it. So I really have a, a really juicy hockey game that I'm looking at, but uh, my brother keeps texting us all the time about how the Jazz just refuse to not cover. Yeah, it's pretty um, insane right now. So they played yesterday. They're off tonight. They play tomorrow, and then they play the Magic on Saturday. So that's three games and four nights. I don't care. They don't care. They're going to cover anyway. I'm taking Saturday, 8 o'clock, Jazz to cover. Again, we're going in blind. We don't know what the what the line is, but taking it. I like it. I like it. Um, and then what do we what do we, what do we what do we decide? We're gonna take uh, what's what's our what's the play for Canelo rounds stop or to win second half of the fight? Well, that okay. So you want to say um, seven through twelve? Yeah, that's plus two fifty. I like it. Let's roll it. Uh, it's gonna. It's. Uh, I think it's gonna be one through six. Well, listen. I obviously we both got the winner wrong last week, but you also yeah. thought that thing was gonna end in like three or four rounds. I thought I, I said six. Did you say six? Yeah. Okay. Well, six isn't ten, so we'll we'll trust my gut on this one. Okay. Um. So yeah, rounds one through six, Canelo to win in rounds one through six is minus two seventy eight. Round seven through twelve was plus two fifty. Yeah. Let's get I. Yeah, I just want to give everyone. I actually, an idea I, I like, like, I like it even more that I get that extra round because I, I thought it was one through seven, but I like it. Canelo to win by stoppage or DQ is minus one thousand four hundred thirty. <laughs> He's a little bit of a favorite, you would say, huh? To win by on money line anyway is minus five thousand. Jesus, it's a, like it. Yeah. So need, needless to say, everybody. I would pass if you don't if you don't have a subscription to uh, DAZN. I'd probably pass the tw- pass on the twenty bucks for this fight. Actually, it's a Canelo fight, so it's probably probably seventy bucks actually. Yeah. <laughs> so um, good thing I locked into that year year long subscription you made fun of me for. Whoop whoop. Boom. All the right. two, the, now the two beer pod subscription. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let me f- finish my Miller Lite. Hmm. Okay, you ready for uh, two brew salute number two? Let's do it right. Oh, okay, let me get here. This one's a bottle. Three, two, one. Um. Okay. This one I bought a Belgian um, sampler. This one is. Monks Cafe Grand Cru CRU. Oh, I like Monks. Flemish Sour Ale. I think I don't this really, is a, I don't I don't like Flemish. Oh yeah, you do. Remember that one time in college? Remember that one so, time in band camp? Remember that was a thing? Band camp? <laughs> so I, I've been wanting to get one of these. This is it's it's not dark, it's more like an amber, but it's a sour. It's a Flemish sour. And I've been wanting to drink a Belgian, Belgian, Belgian sour for a while. Holy hell! This thing has a head to it. I'm pouring it into a glass. The gl- the head is half the glass. What are you drinking? Same, uh, an- an- another yeah. uh, Chugs nugget nectar. Yeah. Another nugget. Yeah. 
Son of a... Oh, man, I could smell the sour from over here. All right, I'm going to go straight into the head. I don't care. I'm going to get a huge milk mustache. I love it. Oh, holy hell, that's sour. That is delicious. Oh, my gosh. Next time... Uh, next time... Well, I think my uh, significant other is going to come visit you in the spring. I told her to enjoy the trip, but next time are, I come out... I say, are you coming? I I I wasn't planning on it, but uh, I might just send the dog off to to his spa, let her go, and just sit around, just sit around in my underwear and relax for a week. Um, five percent. Next time, next time I do not, come not out, we should hit up a brewery, and you can uh, actually teach me different things about sours, stouts, right. hops, what these things mean. Well, you know what? This is this one. The, the Belgian sours are my favorite type of sours, and uh, you know it's it's all about like. The only the only kind of sours I like are whiskey sours. Yeah, I mean there there's there's a lot in we, we won't go into it. Let let's just jump in, into uh, our second uh, topic here. But this is what I need to say. I'm about to snap some necks. You you all ready? Because you pushed me and you pushed me and you pushed me when I put um. Remember the Titans on the list. For what? For the least favorite sports movies. And I got so much blowback. And so, I'm a fair guy. So I said, you know what? Let's uh, let's watch this again. So this week I rewatched it. Open mind. Try, try to see, you know, maybe I was wrong. And I actually need to bump it up from number four to number three on the list. Because I have, so I zaprudered the heck out of this thing. I have so many notes. So buckle up. We're going to be talking about Walking Dead in a little bit. So I need to borrow a line from that. This, this is what I'm about to do to everybody. You can breathe. You can blink. You can, you can cry. cry. Hell, you're all going to be doing that. Okay. First two minutes of the movie. Uh, it, this is Alexandria, Virginia, 1971. There, there was, uh, okay, my, my mind is like, 1971, that seems way too late for integration, like, uh, of the schools. Like, 1971? Like, I, my, my dad was in high school at that point, like, the, and, and he grew up side by side with people of all races. I mean, it was, not, and now granted, he's in Pittsburgh, not in Virginia, but that's only a couple hours away. I'm like, what? I, I don't, that was so strange to me. And they also said, ah, Alexandria, Virginia, where football is a way of life. I'm like, no, it's not. I, like, I, my wife has family there. Like, it's that's a D.C. suburb. Like, sounds, sounds like they watched Mystery Alaska while writing that script and stole that line. Yeah, like, this is... Politics is a way of life, not football. Like this is a suburb of DC. Like, I don't you... want your life, Varsity Blues. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and also within the first two minutes, the daughter, who ends up being Hayden Panettiere, Roll Tide, Roll Tide, um, so unconscionably annoying right off the bat. That's the first two minutes. Fast within the next three minutes, first five minutes. Like there's all this like racial fighting in the town, and and the boys in the middle of practice catch wind of this from uh, what Gosling or whatever, is that his name? Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and he's like oh he's like yelling through the fence oh guys come on and like they just drop the ball at practice and sprint into town to go fight people and then the coach coach yo stops him and was like hey guys you everyone get in this truck or you're off the team i'm like what who does that like you just quit practice and just sprinted into town to go fight people like what are you doing uh, so I, I'm already just like mind blown at what's going on. So, so we're 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 seven minutes in to the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, this makes no sense. So so then you know they they uh, they're all fired up, and he's like, all right, everyone back to the office or whatever. And then so Denzel's in there, and they're like, oh hey, I'm Coach Boone. Da da da. He's like, yeah, you know I I uh, I'm I'm assigned to your staff and this and that and he's like oh you know I won all these titles down in Carolina, and the assistant coach is like, oh North Carolina that's double A ball we play, we play triple, triple A, a ball out here. I'm like, what it, an opportunity it'll it, be for me to learn. Excuse me, what the entire state of North Carolina plays quote unquote double A ball and the entire state of Virginia plays quote unquote triple A ball. I'm like. I don't think that's how it works. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, what? Wh- somebody explain that to me. What is that? What are you talking about? Like the. <laughs> oh, I was I was just so annoyed. So so then, you know, fast forward another couple ten minutes or so, and they decide that Boone is going to be the head coach and Yost is going to be you know the assistant. And someone from the school board comes out to the farm or wherever to, to tell Yost this. And the little girl flips out, and she flat out kicks the guy from the, from the, the school board. I'm like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure in 1971, any child that treats an adult like this is getting snatched up and smacked around. Like, that is, like that's ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm I, obviously I'm beside myself at this point. You sound beside yourself, friend. Yeah. So fast forward, you know the whole Gettysburg speech, which which I crapped all over last week. Rewatched it, still made zero sense to me. Because like, buddy, are you number one? You're is are you in a Union cemetery or a Confederate cemetery? I'm guessing it's mixed. So. Let's just give you the benefit of the doubt and say that's mixed, because it because Pennsylvania is obviously in Union territory, so it probably isn't a Confederate cemetery. So, at least fifty percent of the people there died to fight racism. So, what are you talking about? That you don't want to end up like them? Like what? Dead? Like what? What are you saying? Uh, that made no sense to me. Um, you know. So as the season goes on, like. Denzel is just berating Petey, and and he's like pulls him and everything, and Petey's just sulking, and then Yost goes over and kind of talks him up and puts him in on defense, and Petey starts doing great, and Denzel's like, oh hey, like you can't undermine me, you know that I'm like Denzel, Boone, chill, like you're belittling a high schooler, and the Listen. other coach is talking him up, and and he's actually performing, like you should be happy, like. What are you? What are he you may, doing? He may be a mean cuss, but he's the same mean cuss to all them boys. Okay. Yeah, that was just ridiculous. That like Yost actually treated them like a coach and not like a drill sergeant, and he got all pissed about it. Um. Then you know they have the whole back and forth on the offense versus defense, which I'm okay with, and like you would think that by the end they would kind of like give each other the wink. 
But no, in the championship game, they're still doing the whole get your defense right. All right, get your offense right, coach. All right. In the championship game, it's 7 nothing at the half. And it goes on to be a 10-7 win. Like, I mean, they were still moving the ball all over the place, though. It was se- it was <laughs> seven to zero, zero, and they're bitching about the defense. I'm like to the point where they're taking guys on a defense who that cop who stops uh, Julius says that he hasn't seen a defense like this in 20 years. They're they're now er- inserting offensive players onto this defense who have never played defense before, including Sunshine, who came from Sunshine. Like, what? This makes zero sense. You're bitching at Yost about the defense, and they are just freaking shutting down the other team. 7 nothing. Um. So that that was me just complaining, like, not enjoying the movie a second time. But one thing, one thing caught my, caught my ear. When Bertier, when he, after he wrecks, and he talks about his Camaro... Now I, I'm not a car guy. I want. I wish I was a car guy. I, des- I desperately try and be a car guy, but but I'm not. But I do watch like Meekum auto auctions and stuff. So when he said Camaro, I was like, that didn't come across as a Camaro to me. Like that's strange. So I researched it. I think it was like a '69 Camaro as I researched it. But as I was just like googling that, I was type like, like what type of bird? I said I typed in what what type of car was Beartier driving in his wreck or something like that and then it came up it was an article that came up titled remember the facts by mark jenkins in the washington city paper in the year 2000 mark jenkins tc williams class of 1972 and i said oh okay remember the facts and i thought it was gonna be all about Beartier or whatever you know it's him just dismantling this movie. Okay, 1971 was integration. No. Actually, it was 1961. Uh, they did merge the three schools in 1971. And so in, in Alexandria, Virginia, they had three schools. And it was one was predominantly white, one was predominantly black, and one was mixed in the middle. And so they made everyone go to the one in the middle. And they they there was some kind of, uh, like policy or something where they wanted they started to break out the high school the middle school and the elementary school so that's what they did and and this guy was like yeah there like there was no like rioting on day one like the newspaper clearly says like it was a peaceful transition into the school and he said nobody cared about race they were everyone was pissed because they wanted to be like the the rule the school that they they grew up in and now they have to go to this T.C. Williams. He said, so we had three prom queens. We had three editors in the newspaper. So everybody could have their thing, you know, that they were due their senior year. Um, he said, it, "What?" He said the student body was worried about the Vietnam War. Everybody was a Viet, as an activist, Vietnam activist. They were always taking buses into D.C. and protesting. They were trying to not get drafted. They were protesting the draft. That was the big thing that all the high schoolers were worried about, were, were messed up, you know, angry about then. Um, and he, he said nobody even cared about the football. He said that they say that it was, you know, like this football mecca. He's like, nobody even cared. It was everyone cared about politics. 
Um, he said, you know, Coach Boone, they, they depict him coming in to be this great football coach. He said, he said, Boone was my gym teacher for three years before that, before even becoming the coach. And he's like, and for Bertier, he's like, Bertier didn't get in a car wreck before the championship game. He played in the championship game and did great. And they won like 27 nothing, not 10-7. Little he, little little uh, creative uh, liberties there, I guess, on the game to make yeah. it a little more compelling. So, huh? however, Bertier did get in a wreck two weeks later. He they had like a, a like a post like a end of season banquet or whatever, and even though it, it's not on record that he was drunk, they said everybody just assumed it was drunk because the you know they they're like oh the athletes are just meatheads and they just drink and drive and. So they just assumed that he was, and it was a single car crash. So they were like, yeah, he got drunk and, and paralyzed himself. Um, and then 10 years later, which they do mention in the credits, um, 10 years later, he was hit by a, a drunk driver himself and and, and died. Um, so, again, stump. I, I didn't really intend to fact check it. I was trying to, like, get my car knowledge straight. And then I just stumbled on all that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That's just even more reason to hate it all. So, all of you people who gave me crap, I hope you well, let's, enjoy let's, having let's, a, a let's, snap neck right now. Let's go ahead and give some of those people a voice. So, uh, our buddy buddy over from the Nightcap Repap, good old Teddy X, Jordan, love you, man. But remember the Titans? Come on. Great football film. The Big KL, Kevin Lacey. Might be an all-time worst take. All-time in all caps. I agree with you, Teddy. Jordan White is definitely not on the strong side of this debate. Such a corny scene. It, it's cringier every time you watch it. Uh, what about our, what about the email bag? I think we got some more some more uh, some more yeah, drops here. Yeah, for let Titans. me pull that up. Well, our buddy Goaf texted us immediately and, and said uh who is matt cringe and he was just like oh i guess jordan doesn't think gettysburg is sacred ground i'm like no 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 just don't see how this relates to anything that he was trying to accomplish your, your brother emailed us and said um remember the titans is my all-time favorite movie besides rocky of course the cast of characters the passion on both sides and the music is amazing jordan watch it again and mom also agrees a thousand percent that this is an amazing movie. Kind of, kind of wish you hadn't watched it, or most people probably kind of wish you'd listen to him and watch it again. Look, I, I forgot to make this point. the The actors do a great job, and the movie, uh, the music is great. But that they're relying on you to just be distracted by the actors and the music. It worked to cover up the fact that the <laughs> writing sucks. It all sucks. It's the Mickey Mouse version of solving racism. Like, oh, boy, Ain't let's, no let's play football. Oh, let's beat racism with football. Ho-ho, Mickey. And that's, which, I get it. It's, it's a can Disney we, movie. Can we, never, can, we, can we never have you do a Mickey Mouse impression again? I think the people loved it. Um, uh, anyway, so all you people with snap necks right now, Apologies, but remember the Titans. Burn. Burn to the ground. All right. Well, hey. You heard it here first. On that note. You heard um, it here first. Before we get into The Walking Dead, um, two things I'm looking forward to. um, One is zombie-related. Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder, um, who has... 
a lot of in a lot of stuff but he actually did the dawn of the dead remake which launched my passion into the zombie genre um this this is coming out on netflix it looks like it's in vegas and i think people have to get through a massive thousands of zombies to get to um a, a, a casino vault it is what it looks like and they want to basically just like steal all this money by getting through all these zombies I, that's my take i don't know if that's what it actually is but that's what it looks like from the trailer sign me up a hundred percent that looks sweet did you see the trailer uh, I did watch it after you said it. Uh, Dave Batista, former WWE superstars, in this thing. Yes. Uh, I mean, it looks it looks like a hodgepodge of World War Z, possibly meets. Um, oh, what was the one with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Zombieland? Just Zombieland meets Dawn of the Dead. It looks like a mix of all yeah. three of those movies. Yeah. Well put, well put. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, Snyder just is no, he's going to make some big, you know, big, huge spectacle of a movie. It's going to be dark. There's going to be zombies eating people. What's not to love about it? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, another one is Amazon Original is going to be a series called Invincible, and it's a superhero cartoon thing by Robert Kirkman, who, who Ooh, Kirkman. was in... Yeah, it was in Walking Dead, and Stephen Yun is. is he the wasn't main in it. He's the he's the he's the creator of Walking Dead. That's what I what yeah. That's what I said. You said he's in Walking Dead. No, Kirk that's man. not what I said. That is what you said. I hate you. Do you want to bet, Jordan? No, no, so, oh no so, so Stephen Yun is in it. Stephen yeah, I Yun saw that. Is, Glenn, yeah, Glenn, the short rounds in there. Yeah, Glenn. So he's um. When does that come out? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's till May actually, but, um, okay. I'm pretty sure it's in May, but either way, um, it, that's like a boy who is the son of a superhero and then realizes he has superhero powers, but then somehow takes a dark turn. So I, I don't know any more than that. It maybe. is a, it, it's a comic, um, invincible is the name of it. Um, maybe it's a prequel to the boys. Oh, wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> Um, any, anyway, so that's kind of, uh, I'm looking forward to that too. So, um, yeah, it should be cool. So it's about that time, y'all. Walking dead. It's back, back. this weekend oh man after after it took uh six months to get get five minutes of the, the season finale. finale of of season 10 done they get they're ripping they're ripping out a whole season here in less than in less than that time um yeah so we got we got season 11 kicking off on sunday so this is it this is this is going to be the last season uh they've announced it so we're going to have Six episodes here to start. We're going to have a short break. They're going to have... I'm sorry. Yeah, six, right? Yeah, six. Six They're going to have the next six come out in the second half of 2021. And then the last 12 will be in 2022. Yeah, there's only 24 episodes left of The Walking Dead. Um, That's right. So this is going to be like a super jazzed up season. I think they're billing this as like... I think they're billing this next six as like 
season 10b like i think it's actually going to be like season 10 episode 16 but i'm just going to view it as season 11 anyway whatever i think these last 24 kind of all get lumped in their own yeah little little phrase so then assumingly they're going to bring together all the worlds um yeah so so real quick so the last the last time we saw i know if you, for anybody and obviously everybody people are still going back and listening to that first podcast uh we kind of went on like a tangent of Walking Dead for about, yeah, we'll say 12 minutes easy. Oh, we were kind of all over the place. But the uh, our last, when we last saw our our, uh, our gang, the uh, the Whisperers, which were the, the humans that wore the skins of the Walkers, uh, Beta, who played by uh, Gary Bertier. Bertier, Ryan Hurst, yeah. Which you didn't realize until you watched. Uh, I know. I until, I don't, which I is crazy. That. Until you watched Remember the Titans the second time, you didn't even realize that. Um, so, you know, as Beta, he, our, 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 our group is stuck in a building, and he's probably got a horde of, I think they want to make it seem like it's about 10,000 walkers surrounding them. Um Eventually, they get out of it. Maggie, uh, Maggie Ree, who hasn't been on the show for about a year and a half now, she shows up with some some. Uh, oh, spoiler alerts! Oh, sorry. Yeah, spoiler alerts. Uh, <laughs> she shows up with some uh, some 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 karate ninja and some guns, and uh, they end up escaping. Uh, Beta takes two two uh, huge hunter knives to the eyes and is still alive for a good minute Fuck after nice. that, which is yeah. pretty wild. Um, no, no, I don't think he was. I think that was just like a like hallucination thing. I, I don't. Think oh, really? Oh, uh, I thought it was maybe. I, I thought it was maybe one of those things like where you can cut a chicken's head off and it can still walk around for like a couple <laughs> minutes. Um, I thought. I thought it was supposed to be. I thought maybe Gimple had some uh, artistic. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, collaboration. Yeah, yeah, collaboration in that one. Um, so that's our main group, and then a second group that was basically it was Eugene. Um, Ezekiel, one of the new one of the new gals um, from earlier in the season, and uh, a new character they met in DC. They're trying to meet up with uh, Eugene. Basically, you know, got a phone system set up, which was basically, I guess, a dating app, well, the equivalent of dating apps. Uh, it wasn't a phone system; it was a radio. Yeah, the radio. Yeah, so he basically swiped right on the radio. And he was meeting up with uh, what he thought was going to be a uh, a lady friend, and a group of fake stormtroopers surrounds them and has them has them uh, at gunpoint. Yeah, well put. And that's that's where we ended. Now, the last time we saw any Walking Dead was High School Musical version. Um, yes, which actually ended up strong. The last couple. The of Walking episodes. Dead: The World Beyond, which is our third. Well, I guess it's our second spinoff, but our third show now in the series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's already like ten years after the fall of the Earth, which kind of puts them on the timeline of everything. Everything should be around the same timeline now. Um, and so they um, basically they live in the, in um, Nebraska on this college campus with a few thousand people, and um, they are communicating with this other group of people who they don't know where they're from, but these other people are really smart and really benevolent. Lo and behold, these people take their top scientists, and these high school kids, you know, leave the campus, which uh, shortly thereafter just gets totally obliterated, murdered by by this other group. 
Um, and these kids are kind of on the run. One thing leads to another, yada, yada. So all these worlds are going to come together. Um, and so that by the end of these final 24 on The Walking Dead, um, I'm assuming we'll see Rick Grimes again at some point. Um, and um, all these worlds are, are going to start meshing. I don't know when we're going to get this. High, high School Musical only has two... Uh, two seasons and then fear the walking dead's gonna i don't know how many they kind of made that one into like a little bit like a western and that, that yeah, well i was gonna neat. say that so fear the walking dead is the only one that's not on our timeline because fear they're the probably walking like dead, three or four or five years behind right i think they're probably more behind because the show i don't think the walking dead jumped ahead like five years. years was it seven i think it was five guess judith is seven now yeah but she was like two no. Anyway, either or, um, but yeah, I just I actually just finished the world beyond. I started it, was watching it live back when it was going on in October, November, and to our point, we joke about it being a High School Musical because it was way too kiddy and like it was not good. It was yeah, it it, it, it was not the ten episodes. It was then, not then, real. Yeah, it was not real me, real me in at all. Um, but I went back to finish it just to, you know, for the pod so we kind of see how they connected. And the last three episodes were really good. Um, the main bad guys, it's they're called the CRM, the Civic Republic. I think we're going to just go with what? You want to go with militia? I, I don't know. But basically, Military. it's like, it's kind of like, oh, it's almost like the government survived kind of. I don't know necessarily. Well, they, the they created a new government, basically. Well, it's, they have like military choppers and all that crap. So I don't know what, how exactly, like what their genesis was. But these people have a reach across the whole country, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they pretty much survive the entire U.S. at this point and, yeah. and are, like, plucking survivors here and there. We think that's where Rick Grimes went um, in season uh, for, it, It's for sure where he went, yeah, because they got the symbol on the helicopter that took him. Yeah. So they've definitely got him. Um, we've seen the same. We've seen in, in Fear the Walking Dead um al had an encounter with one of the crm agents um in the helicopter so so they're they're starting to connect all the worlds um we'll see how how it all plays in you know in a perfect world you know the last few episodes here are walking dead intertwines all three shows i don't know if that's possible i guess i guess you could do it with the world beyond right because that's only going to be two or three seasons so i don't know that you spoil anything i God only knows how much longer they're going to give Gimple with Fear of the Walking Dead. That's probably the one where I'm just all out because, like, they, they, they get a good idea, but then they only let it like they only go through with it for like two episodes, and then like they're like disjointed again, and it's like just the same formula over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. Hey, so what do we think about this upcoming weekend? It's going to be Negan's backstory, right? I don't think that's going to be the first episode. Oh, really? Um, I thought I thought it was. No, uh, if it is, I'm going to be even more super freaking jacked, man. Um. I, I figure now. I figure this is going to be like they're going to reintroduce everybody. Like you'll 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 have a good a good chunk of time um, set aside for Maggie and baby little baby Glenn's going to be a be a character here. At, I guess six years old now, um, which will be kind of interesting to see that uh, that play out. So I, I think I think that'll be I think that'll be the first episode. There will be the Negan backstory based off the side comic. Um, Here's Negan. Which I'm super psyched about. Super psyched about. You're gonna, we're gonna meet Lucille. Uh, How many you, episodes do we think that Negan's backstory is gonna be? Do you think it's gonna be one or two or three or what? I think it's gonna be one episode, and I'm gonna guess it's the third episode in. Oh, I was thinking it was gonna be one. 
Hey, man. That, that, would, that would be a total Walking Dead thing to do because after, like, everyone would be so pumped, and then a weekend you still have no idea what's going on. Like, I think different. people wouldn't even they'd be so pumped for the Negan thing. So um, it's going to be awesome. I hear the, the Here's Negan comic's really good, and you really get to see all his. Uh, I won't. I won't spoil. I don't think it. I read all that. I think. I think I read just the beginning because he's 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 uh, cheating on his wife, right? Who has cancer. He is. Yeah. Correct. And 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 she's like, and he feels bad about it, and yeah. she's like, oh, you just go be with someone else. You know, I'm gonna die anyway. Yeah, he's he's like a high school gym teacher slash high ping school pong. gym teacher, yeah, <laughs> slash ping pong coach, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, that that's Negan. So, uh, it, it's gonna be fun. I, you know, I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna find out about these stormtroopers who they are. I, I think you'll find out that they're connected to the Civil Republic, Civil, one, Civil one way or another, yeah. and I think we start. Michonne's already on her way there. I, I think we start to see our our group start to migrate to where they are to either try to find, try to be part of a bigger society, or Overtake. to try to or to try to find Rick Grimes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where I think that's where we're eventually going to get to here. How many side stories we're going to have on the way? I don't think there's going to be any more bad guy. I mean, you might have like a terminus situation here or there where they or uh, who are those four guys in the road? The guy that Rick the claimers the claimers yeah, where Rick Claim. ripped the guys. Yeah, oh, you got sport, and then Rick rips his jugular out. Um, great scene. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's where we where we all end up. I think Carol and Daryl are going to go do their own thing, and that'll kind of lead to their. They're spin-off. getting a spinoff. They're they are going to do a spinoff. So that's why I think they're going to break off on their own. Although, yeah. Con- I think we saw. Did we see Connie? His you know potential love it. Did we see her alive Ooh, at the end I of the last know. one? I have a thing for her for sure. I don't Jeez. think we saw. No, we we didn't see her. We saw um, uh, one of the no, other. No, we did. We no, did. no, it's we... all like covered in dirt and stuff, right? Wasn't that the other one? Wasn't that the other the other uh, the the no, I think it's Connie. So Connie, Connie was somehow stuck in an avalanche underground that the Whisperers put together, and and like in some cave or something. And, but she's she's deaf, so she like I don't know if she didn't hear it happening or what. I don't know, but she got stuck in. This she was trying. Like, she she was trying to save. It's like um, mind somebody collapse, else. basically. Yeah. And um, but she's I love her. She's she's so uh, she's cute. the best. Uh, she's the oh, best man. Love Connie. Yeah, um, I, I just. Uh, anyway, all right. Hey, so all all of that aside, you had some really good topics you wanted to cover in Walking Dead in general. So let's what, let's talk about those. All right, let's do it. You uh, you got them in front of you. I do. All right, let's kick it. Let me kick it to you. Favorite? I'm, I'll I'll do one. You do. Well, we're gonna give our answers, but like I'll ask one. You ask one. You don't have to do it in order. We'll uh, we'll rapid fire these. Okay. Favorite so, non Negan character. I was gonna go first. Uh, you and your manners. Um, Go ahead. Fa- well, all right. The favorite non-Negan character, and we say that because everybody loves Negan. Uh, mine's easy. Uh, the hottest, hottest, best character on the show is uh, is Carol. Hands there down. Is, yeah. She has easily the best arc out of any character. You she know, does. Started yeah. out as an abused wife, um, you know, couldn't stand up for herself, and now she's probably outside of Daryl, maybe even more than Daryl now, the biggest badass of the group. Um She's yeah. awesome, uh, Melissa McBride. The fact, that, the fact that she hasn't been nominated for any type of TV Emmy is embarrassing. I don't care that it's a zombie show. She wasn't. I thought she was. She's never been nominated. No, the show has never been nominated for anything serious. So, what? Uh, because it's a it's a sci fi fantasy thing. It's never 
that genre is never lord of the rings was a one-off with that kind of stuff um she's amazing i love her roll tide on carol oh it's my silver hair fox yeah my favorite non-needing character i is i mean it's stupid but i i'd say rick i love i just I, i'm just all about that that leading wow. guy him or daryl but probably rick all right. Well, I was wrong. I thought so. I, I was joking with you earlier today that I could probably guess most. Of you. I I thought you were gonna go Herschel. Huh. He was good. No, I'd say Rick though. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So next topic for you. Oh, you uh, you want me to say it now? No, I'll go. Uh, I'll stay in order for this one. Favorite? What's your favorite scene of the of the ten seasons? This is this is honestly too hard. Um, so I, just just to rattle a couple off. Um. The very first scene in episode one where Rick Grimes, not the first scene, but in episode one, season one, uh, he comes to out of the coma and he's going down that stairwell in the hospital. It's all dark and he has the match and he has to light one match at a time and it's dark and he lights one match and he can see. I was shaking in my my boots. (laughs) I thought that for sure he would light a match and a zombie would be in his face. That was, as soon as that happened, I knew the show was for real. Um, season two, when when Shane shot Otis, that was insane. Great episode. Uh, the first horde where they they were all laying on top of the cars. Season two, episode one, that was insane. Uh, season two, where they where Rick has to shoot zombied Sophia. That that changed that changed TV forever. I actually I it's funny I actually thought that was going to be your favorite scene and for that exact reason because it really it changed it changed the game for the show and yeah for for TV there shooting shooting uh, the, the I mean girl. it was a little girl who they didn't know where she was turns out she was being Carol's Carol's daughter as a zombie yeah Carol's daughter and they they all thought they were badasses t- shooting all these zombies and then somebody they know a little girl comes out as a zombie and none of them have the guts to to shoot her. And Rick Grimes is the leader, walks up right up to her. A little girl is a zombie and just shoots her in the head. And they showed it, and it was just like, oh, my God. It, it changed television. Um, the Season 3, Episode 1, 1 through 4, really, where they take over the prison. Yeah, you were you you loved you loved them taking over the prison. Oh, it was because it just made so much sense. And I was just, they actually did it, and they actually showed it, like, in detail. So that was just so good. Um, look at the flowers. Oh, incredible. Like, again, just someone had to put down a child who was not even a zombie yet. She was oh. just, yeah, she just killed her sister and she, she, she like was a eight, psycho. Yeah. She was, she, she was a child who was she just a, yeah, a psycho. lost, lost her grip on reality. Yeah. And she, the, the poor little girl killed her sister and, and, and Carol just had to do what had to be done and just told her to look at the flowers. They didn't show that one, thank God. They just showed her pulling the trigger. Um, and then obviously when we meet Negan and just Eeny. No, wait, no, he said, what's he say? He says, uh, does he say Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo? Yeah, he does. The, yeah, he does. Yeah. The, he does the Eeny, Meeny in the, oh. uh, in the, in the lineup. So that was like five or six scenes, any one of those. Um, yeah, those are those are those are all good. I think yeah, like I said, I for me it was tough. I I narrowed it down to two just to not name a couple. Um, one hundred percent the Lizzie scene for every um, every reason you just flowers. laid out, and because it, it's just even and it, the fact that it's you know you expect you ex- at that point you kind of expected that type of behavior out of out of Shane because Shane kind of adapt after after he shot Otis. 
he kind of was adapting to the world and realizing like listen like society's gone like the old way of living doesn't exist anymore like you know once someone's gone like they're gone and you know i know herschel's big we're not too far gone well when somebody's when somebody's walking around and they're zombified and they're trying to eat you it's it's time to uh you know to throw in the towel so yeah that's a a perfect scene and then my i still think my favorite is i believe it was season seven episode 16 uh rick rick and the gang they think they have this plot with the uh with the, the, the trash people that they're going to pull the wool over the eyes of the saviors. And I was trying to find the video and I can't find it on my phone, but in reality, the saviors cut a deal there. They, they, they have a second lineup. You got Rick and Carl, Carl, who's Rick's son. Negan's basically saying, listen, I, I tried to do things the easy way. You won't listen. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take your hand. So you're not a threat anymore. And then I'm going to kill your son right in front of you. And then Rick Grimes, just like, he's, he's just gone through hell, man. And he just like, you know, steady looking at Negan. And he just goes, you could take my hands. You could do it right in front of me. It doesn't matter. I already told you you're all already dead. Ah, dude, that's my, Probably, probably my all-time favorite scene of the show because it was yeah. just so Andy Lincoln, another guy. It's a shame that he never, uh, you know, never, never is gonna get nominated for an award or anything. But man, Come just to think of it. That's I think that's a Negan line too. You push me, you push me, and you push me, Rick. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I said on Remember the Titans. Yeah, and I just chill. Yeah, just uh, just chilly, man. The way he, uh, I'm really pissed. I can't. I got so many damn concert videos. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find it in time, but yeah, his his and his delivery of it's perfect. Just dead eyed, like you think he, you think he's defeated, but he's just like he is doubling down on Negan. He's like he's like I told you, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. I am gonna kill you. You're already dead. Dead. Yeah. Uh, just the way he's, you're already dead. Ah, uh, and then need the smirk from Negan. That's great. What a what a scene. Yeah, my favorite yeah. scene. Electric. And then the tiger comes and and. Take Holy hell, that widow, a like tiger. a bat out of hell and a tiger. Um, all right, most surprising person that's already dead? Uh, for me, it was Carl. Um, Mine was Rick. Well, is Rick, but Rick, is Rick dead? Are we gonna no, call, I guess the fact that he's off the show, though. I, 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 caveat, asterisk. Just, like, cause how many times does someone take the leading person off the show? Yeah, um... Yeah, that's a good one. Again, for me, it's Carl just because I, I, I do have a little background on the comics. And Carl, like, is pretty much... Carl's supposed to be, like, the main the main character, so to speak. So, like, he's he's alive through the end. So, it was kind of yeah. shocking that he died there. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. In season nine. Uh, most surprised that they're still alive. Uh, for me, uh, Father Gabriel. I, I can't believe that guy's not dead yet. I, was, I say Rosita, but yeah. I mean, they're very close. Uh, okay, okay. Um, what, what purpose does Rosita have at this point? Her baby? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's really it. Yeah, she and she's become uber annoying. Like she is the worst. She's the cutest. Roll tide though. Roll tide though. Um, what is your most annoying anything? And that really that category is really like what's what's annoyed you the most out of the show? And I'm gonna if you're gonna if this was your thing then. 
come up with something on the fly. Don't use the zombie speed again because we already used that no, like, ten no. pods ago. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. What do you got? No Eastman. <laughs> That's a good one. Just why? Why Eastman taught uh, Lenny James um, Morgan Jones Morgan Jones how to be a badass, how to be a ninja. So you basically have a ninja and an almost ninja. And one zombie comes, and he's like, all right, now you got to take him out. Go ahead, take him out. And the one zombie, like, that they clearly see coming at them somehow bites one of the two badass ninjas. Going, like, yeah, and he's going, like, three miles per hour, the zombie. That's absurd. Yeah, that's a a good one. Um, Mine's mine's the ridiculous track, like, the way everybody act like the death of Noah. Remember Noah? Yeah. Uh, oh, like yeah. that, his death was this huge tragedy. Like that Honestly, guy. No, I, I I get that. One of the best deaths in. in yeah, the, in I was gonna make that a category, but I knew we'd both have that one. Uh, is probably yeah, what it was. Exactly. Being stuck, being stuck in the the revolving, the revolving glass door, doors, yeah. and just getting just getting his ass chewed out. One of out. us ha- this door has to revolve. One of us has to get chewed <laughs> up by the zombies. Um, I just thought it was so absurd as to like the acceptance of him, and then like everybody was so upset when he died. Because I was just like, listen, that guy sucked. He he left he him or Beth helped him escape that hospital from the I guess police people, right? Uh, he then left her to get recaptured so he could escape. Uh, he then he then runs into Carol and Daryl and traps them in um, in like a small area, like to fend for themselves with no weapons against like five or six zombies. Then he's the reason why Beth then gets killed because I guess it's like, oh, well, Beth wants him to go ahead and, then and be free. he's the reason Tyrese gets killed. Yeah, he's the reason Ty- because they're, he, they're, they're, they're taking him back to his home because why the hell would you be doing that anyway? Um, and he doesn't listen to anybody when they say, yeah, here, his let's home, stick which together. Is the, entire, is the entire East Coast away. Oh, they're, my God. They're in Georgia. Yeah. They need to take him back to D.C. to Virginia. Yeah, and so they, uh, he, of course, yeah, he doesn't listen to anybody and goes and does his own thing, and he causes, uh, what do you call it? He causes Tyrese to get killed. Um, yeah, so he's the friggin' worst. Like, literally, all, like, these good characters are dying because of this kid and because he took a shine to uh, Deanna's husband and was all ready to become an architect. Like, we're supposed to care that he died. I, w- I, was, I was like, oh, cool, this guy's dead now. Now nobody else has to die because he's an asshole. <laughs> I was yeah, actually I was pretty pumped about it. So uh yeah, agreed. That was my thing. Um What's your what's what's your most brutal the most brutal death? Uh, oh oh, oh, I, oh sorry, this was a this was a, a choice. The most the, what was more brutal? The Negan lineup scene or Alpha's heads on the spike? Yeah, I'm going with Negan, the Negan lineup scene over, over Alpha's head on a spike just because they actually showed their heads getting bashed. And it was just it, that was also just like a shocker. Like they hadn't shown anything like that. And that also kind of put the fan base on its heels so much in so much as oh crap. Like our guys aren't the winners right now. Like they clearly are losing and it's going to be they're going to be the losers for like at least a whole season. Like this is this is not something that they are just gonna like overcome like in like an episode or two. Like they they are under this guy's thumb. Yeah, and it was I think that I think that episode had a 
a special rating because they actually allowed it to be so graphic. Just watching it, like you, you see Glenn's eye pop out of his skull. Like literally, you just see the pile of brains of of Glenn and and um, Abraham. Abraham, which was pretty, which was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, that one was there. I I tend to agree. Uh, I, I it was probably it was probably more shocking the alphas had on the spikes for everybody because nobody knew that people were missing and that that had happened. So at least like the other, like once they got lined up, they knew they were, they were screwed. Um, but yeah, the, the Negan one was definitely more brutal. Yeah. Um, okay. Fantasy storyline. Mine's easy. I just, I just want Rick Grimes to be ruling the world. Like, like I want our group to somehow like overthrow CRM and rule the world. That's, that's what I want. True, you're muted. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, sorry, I had to sneeze. Uh, okay. my 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 fantasy storyline is Shane versus Negan, who wins. <laughs> I shade and shade because uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Berthal. I think I'm saying his name right, or if I'm, I always I always get his name mixed up with the uh, one of the nerdy guys that's part of the uh, the Seth Rogen crew. Um, he's awesome, as Shane. Like, he was so cool. Like, I know he eventually went crazy, and that had to go. But uh, Shane, just seeing how Shane and Negan would have just went at each other would have been just just but would have basically been the equivalent of Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, good call. It would have been, been pretty awesome. Um, All right, number eight on your list. Do that. That's that's your baby. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. So the per the per thirty six award or MVP. So basically, this is based. This is um, it's it's a character in a movie that uh, is it doesn't have a huge role. But when they but when they're on the screen, they just go all out. They steal they steal the scene. They fill all the stat sheets. Um, kind of stealing this from Bill Simmons Ringer, the uh, Dion Waiters Award, <laughs> uh, the heat check. But I think this per thirty six sounds sounds a lot cooler. So my, I, I agree. Really good idea. My per thirty six MVP of the uh, of the show. I wanted to go Morgan Jones, but because I love, I, I don't think he can qu- qu- qualify though because he did get two full seasons there at the end. Um, yeah. But in the beginning, I remember when you first told me to watch Walking Dead, you and my our our, our friend of the pod, uh, Big KL. I remember seeing Morgan in the first episode. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. I can't wait to see how like his character grows and grows. And and <laughs> you never see him again um, until just one random episode in season three. Uh, and then he's a regular, so I, I I took him off, even though I I love that. But uh, my per thirty six, I'm going back to uh, of oh, Doctor Bob, bro. Remember Bob? Oh, I, I'm wow. going to, I'm going Bob because I I'm pretty Take sure he let's me. Let, let's yeah let's 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 say optimistically he was in what eight episodes, maybe ten, probably right. Okay, yeah. In the, in that in that time span, he. Uh, drunkenly almost or he drunkenly got or made a, a drugstore roof cave in by stirring up the walkers which led to the death of one of Beth's boyfriends that she didn't say goodbye to and risked, risked the lives of everybody um, convinced Sasha to fall in love with him and scored there roll tied for him um, and then he ended up getting bit by a bunch of walkers walked around with the fever for guy for probably the longest survivor of a zombie bite of all time. <laughs> and then ends up having the, uh, the terminus guys eat him. And while he's being eaten and scream, what, what was he screaming? Tainted meat. Tainted, tainted meat. meat. <laughs> I mean, the tainted meat scene alone could get him the award, but oh, I think, God, I think he right. did. He did more in those like 
eight eight episodes than the most characters would have done. So so Bob got my per thirty six award. Oh, that that's a good good uh good good point. Um, I, you- I had I had Abraham because uh, uh, he's on for a while though. But go ahead. I'll allow it. Yeah, I know he's on for a while, but, but that's every... the point. Like you can't, you can't be all, like it's like a minor character that you don't see a ton. But go no, ahead. no, no, no. Per thirty six is just you have a good per thirty six. Yeah. Okay. And fair. Go ahead. He, he, he's a secondary character, number one, and everything he does is fantastic. So he's he has all those one. Firstly, when we first meet him, he's banging Rosita, and Eugene just likes to watch. I just like to watch, and uh, which is hilarious. And then he ends up getting with Sasha, but um. Which honestly, like the whole love story, kind of actually like pulls down his per thirty six. But other than that, like I, I absolutely love the line where he's just like, "Rick Grimes knows a whole all everything. There's an entire shit storm out there, and Rick Grimes knows every piece of that shit and whatever." The, I don't even have the <laughs> line, but like his one liners were just Rick Grimes knows this shit. Yeah, that's good. Who's Deanna? Who's Deanna? Yeah. Even even to the bitter bitter end, as after he takes a huge the huge shot the huge shot, shot to the shot. head. Yeah, I guess hit hit with the bat from Negan. He goes suck my, my nuts. nuts. Yeah, yeah he, I, dude, I, I just everything. Uh, his one liners are just hilarious. I love I love Abraham. I, love I, I, I like it. Okay, I, I like that. Good good for Abraham. Yeah. Um. All right. So what do we what do we got left here? The only uh, thing left on your list was uh, most fun scene or sequence. Did we do no? Did we do favorite episode? Uh, yeah, we talked. I I rattled off like five of them. That was favorite scene. Oh, um, to me they're one and the same. Um, what what's your favorite episode? Um, shit, now I forget. That's why I wrote I, them all down. Oh my god, I had yeah, I should have written it down. I uh, um, oh, this is embarrassing. Well, you 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 had your most fun scene or sequence. Um, and this one's for me, where I hope we have the same. I, I bet we do. Nobody gets the clock out today. Oh no! How is that fun? How is that fun? Because they <laughs> they they just got ravaged by this whole big zombie horde, and and Carl just got shot in the eye, and they're you're just like, oh god, like what's gonna happen next? And Rick Grimes just decides, okay, hand me my hatchet, and they they just by hand go through and just extinguish an entire horde uh, that, uh, it's just so much fun though just watch them just slaughter an entire like 300 500 whatever thousand zombie horde it's so great and then okay. and then daryl has the big like missile launcher at the end a rocket launcher or whatever. <laughs> well and also also uh a- abraham's got the uh automatic automatic weapon and is firing it all over the place and somehow not even a bullet scratches glenn as he's firing off at this like yeah, huge yeah. group of walkers um mine mine was a uh, oh man i thought we were gonna be able to part here mine's a uh, mine's easy street baby the oh sec- wow the secret that gets it, hilarious it's the daryl daryl's a, a prisoner at the sanctuary uh with negan's guys and they're just making him listen to this, like, was it, I guess, is that a show team? Easy Street. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Over yeah. and over and over again to just the point while they're making him, like, eat dog food. They won't let him go to sleep. Um, I mean, Jesus, we, we had we had the sound bite that we just kept, we, we just kept sending that to each other for a good, like, three I months. I made it your ringtone. <laughs> yeah, it was a ringtone. <laughs> I, I did that. I thought that was the, uh, 
I thought that was the most the the most fun that uh, that we had um, with any with any just a scene where you have you know we in this also kind of quote this to kind each other all the time. Nobody gets a clock out today. We say that to each other all the time. Yeah, that, that's true too. That's a good one. Um, I can't remember my favorite episode, but I guess I would go with um, just the the one that I had in here. I was thinking of I I really liked the episode where they attacked um, Negan's first outpost. I thought the entire episode. Was, I was wondering if that would come up. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that episode. I don't know that I, that was what I was gonna say, but it's what's coming. It's coming to my mind. So I would have had. I must have had that for a scene. But it was so stressful, and it's like they're attacking this outpost with the big bad saviors. They have no idea what they're getting themselves into. There's only six of them. They don't know how many people are in there. It's all Going closed in, in, the, in the quiet in the dark. It's all dark. Night. Yeah, yeah, and like. And, I, and, and they're not even sure that that they're that they're doing the right thing. Like Glenn is just like stabbing these people in their sleep. Yeah, Glenn Glenn kills his first death. That was Glenn's first human kill, like an actual like, human being that he killed. Um, and it the whole thing's so stressful. Like the, they, it was such a great job with the shoot, like the, the 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 cinematography, the music, like the whole time. Even one of one of the best parts. Um, they're trying to find a head that looks like the guy, the Gregory, who oh, the, yeah. the leader, and Rick just starts punching like cut off zombie heads, and the one guy goes, "Man, these these saviors are scary, but they got nothing on you." Um, <laughs> so that was, and apparently one of those heads was supposed to be Johnny Depp's head that they were punching, which is fun. Um, I thought that was one of the most well done episodes. I just I can't remember. How, I'm so mad that I didn't write that down. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's way up there for me. Yeah, fun times. I, I I'm a day oneer. I I I love the zombie genre. I, I love Walking Dead. I can't wait. Um, the only sad part is is that it's in the next couple of years it's coming to an end. Yeah. But um, it I'm, I'm excited for it. And anytime I get new content, love it. I uh, here I got it. Let me just. It might not sound great, but we're doing it. I want to hear it. Okay. God, so it just the stare down, like Negan just sitting Negan's there. Negan's reaction uh, is classic, yeah. It's just a little smirk. He gives like that Gandalf smile, like, how do you know? Like with Frodo still alive and the, the yeah. king, and he just gives a little smirk. Oh, it's so good. I, yeah. I know the show's fallen off in some seasons, but listen, it's still the most watched show on television, so they're still crushing it. And uh, I think they're going to, I think they're going to do a really good job here with the last 24 episodes. Yeah, looking forward to it so, so much. All right, man. Well, again, good stuff. Uh, as always, um, looking forward to the weekend. You know Drew. what? Before we before we sign off, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a whiff, a whiff this episode. I'm not even going to wait yeah. till next week. Yeah. We uh, we didn't mention as we were talking about great fights. April 24th is going to be the biggest hard on of a boxing doubleheader. We're going to have our boy Navarrete main eventing in in a defense his first defense of his championship at 126 and the undercard is going to be the beast Berlanga fighting 
that was announced. Awesome. Yeah, we, we gonna, have seven. We have seven or so weeks till we get. It's there. It's going to be yeah, awesome. That, it's going to be awesome announced. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was on my on my list. So uh, yep. just to throw that out there. But yeah, man, good. good good stuff as always. Yes, sir. All right, Drew. Good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud <laughs>